This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Show us some dexterity as well with the left hand. It's on its way. There it goes, and the Yankees What's happening, everybody? What's going on? I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 377 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. Yankees every series. Knicks every game. MMA on weekends. Got a big pay-per-view coming up next weekend. UFC 275, I believe, and uh, it's the one in Singapore. Um, yeah, man, it, it's been a hell of a hell of a stretch all season. It's been like one giant hot stretch for the Yankees. So we're gonna go over the most recent series where they swept again. This time they swept the Dodgers, or I'm sorry, they swept the Tigers to wrap up their six-game homestand, six and zero. So we'll talk about it as I am recording. It is Sunday, June fifth. And as you are listening to this episode, it should be Monday, June 6th. It's crazy, man. The days just go by so quickly. It's it's hard to keep count. It's hard to stay in the friggin' moment. Every time I look up, it's a new day, a new month. It's insane. Um, Like, it's already June. It, to me, it feels like the end of February. Not like the weather, but just like the, the vibe I have. It feels like we're just getting into warm weather. Like, no, like we're, we're, we've been in, in summer for a bit. We've been in this atmosphere. Like, wow. But welcome to the show. Thank you for stopping by. <clears throat> um, If you are new here to BD4, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can find this podcast on many platforms. Uh, Apple Podcasts, download it, download these episodes there. You can also get episodes on Spotify, SoundCloud. You can watch the podcast on YouTube and Spotify. If you do listen to the podcast and if you do listen to it on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. We are currently a five-star podcast and would like to keep it that way. I am also on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. And of course, if you want to follow along with the blog that I write, go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and put into the search bar the Bomber Bacher blog, where you will find my blog on the Yankees and Knicks. And if you subscribe to the Bomber Bacher blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com, 
using promo code 6A2841ERJC, you get a 20% discount off your subscription and 10% off any merchandise. Also, guys, we have a new sponsor to the show. Now, if you guys have a podcast or if you have a blog or any kind of platform that you want out there, get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. What that is, is a podcasting production agency where he's going to get your platform out there. He's going to brand your podcast on social media and he will get it out there. So if you are interested in something like that and promoting your show, your blog, whatever it is that you want to promote and brand and market, reach out to Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. He's already got a number of podcasts signed with him. I just did, and my podcast has gotten bigger since. So check out Studio 69 Productions. Reach out to Leo Rodriguez, who's also the host of Say No More. All right, guys, we're going to get into the episode. We're not going to waste any further time. But first, I want to thank you for stopping by. I appreciate each and every one of you. And if you are watching the podcast on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. Hey guys, so I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. Welcome back to the show, episode 377 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. <laughs> so, this morning I was um, walking up to get my coffee. There's a bakery around the corner from me. And I run into my neighbor. <laughs> and this is a really nice old man. I, 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 you know, He's lived across the street from me my entire life. I've known him since I was a kid. He's this immigrant from straight off the boat, this Italian immigrant. And, you know, my, my family's Italian. We, we, we've got Italian roots. We're Italian-American. But this guy's legit from off the boat. And, you know, so every time I see him, we have a conversation. But there's a language barrier there. And, in in you know, 27 years from the, of knowing this guy, I, I know just as much... Uh, of what he's saying today than I did when I first started talking to him. I, he's a great guy. He's a nice guy. But man, we, we have, every time I see him, we're talking for five minutes. And I, you know, the best I get is, is catching a few words here and there. So if I hear him say something, if I hear him, like, for example, this morning when I saw him, I heard the word coffee. And I was like, all right, let me run with that. And so I, I was able to at least have some kind of flow to the conversation because I heard that he was, all right, he must be talking about coffee because he knows I go and get the coffee in the morning and he runs into me on the way up. But it, it it's hard sometimes, man. It's hard. 
and, and you know it, it's making it makes me want to learn the language as somebody who's got family history there it's like wow you know what maybe I should probably learn the language but yeah he, I, I don't know I just found that funny every time I run into him and it, I just never know it's hard great guy just it's, it's always the same yeah all right um yeah I don't, I don't, there's not much going around right now um in baseball other than like the Yankees being amazing the Mets are you know they they look like shit the first two games against the Dodgers and I loved it uh, then they took the next two, so that was annoying. But they still, you know, they suck. They're 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 the Mets. They're gonna find a way to suck him. They're not that good. Okay, I hate the Mets. They're scum of the earth. Um, they're you know they've got them and their fans. They've got the uh, little brother syndrome, and I love that that the Yankees are are known as the the alpha there of the city. Um, Mike Trout apparently sucks now. He's on an 0 for 26 slide. He has not had a hit. He's not had a hit in, in uh, what was it, eight games, seven games now? He has been brutal. He forgot how to hit. He was batting 310. I think he's down to 274. And the Angels, boy, do they suck. Every year, people are like, oh, you know what? This is the year. This is the year. No, they suck. They spent all that money. They've got the two, arguably the two best players in baseball on their team, and they still find a way to suck. They've lost 11 games in a row. Today, they thought they ended it. They lost in the ninth inning. That's what I heard, at least. <laughs> they suck. They suck. Same shit every year. That's what I expect to happen to the Mets soon. Um... You know, man, I was on social media after, not on social media, I was on my phone listening to the game on the app, uh, what's it called? The MLB app, bat app, during the first game of the series, on Friday night, because I was working, I was on the golf course, so I was like, alright, I don't want to miss too much, so I'll just listen to it. Um, I have the Apple TV broadcast up, but it was like in my hand, in my pocket, and I was just listening to the broadcast. And every time I download like a radio app or something, I can't find WFAN. But in um, the, the Apple TV, oh my gosh. First of all, like Peacock, Apple TV, Amazon, the amount of stress I have now having to remember all these streaming services, you know, to be able to, you know, remembering just to cancel them at the end of the season, it's just annoying, man. It's so annoying. It's just, it's like, I have enough of that shit already with UFC having to subscribe to ESPN and ESPN Plus and NBA TV and YouTube TV. Like, I got all that shit. Now I need Peacock. Now I need Apple. Now I need Amazon. Jesus Christ. I mean, if you're Manfred, this is not how you grow the sport, man. Getting people to have to pay for more platforms and hey, that's not the way to grow the game, man. That shit's got to go next year. We cannot continue to do that. The Apple TV broadcast was brutal. It was brutal. <laughs> the, the, literally, I was so I, when I was listening to the game, they were talking about Garrett Cole's over under at eight and a half strikeouts, and the head commentator, a woman, gotta be inclusive, so she goes, 
What's the what's the eight and a half for? What's the half for? Did they drop a third strike? And I thought she was kidding. There was dead silence after there were no laughs. And she just kept talking. Now, you don't need to be a betting extraordinaire. You don't need to like betting or anything. But if you're going to be the head commentator of a baseball game and you're, you know, you're expected to read that, you have to know. You have to at least know what the hell eight and a half means. I mean, it's, it's a it's a one-minute conversation. Half is so when you bet eight over, you have nine. When you bet under the half, that means eight or less. Like, that's all it takes. That, that took ten seconds. She goes, does that mean they dropped a third strike? It was brutal. The Peacock commentating today in Game 3, Sunday, was a little better. It was actually solid. I, I like the idea. Flaherty, I love. I'm, I'm a big Flaherty guy. As boring as he can sound, I do like his his um, his takes. The other two were good. They had guys from each team. And then they had commentators. It was good. But, holy shit. There was one one nitpick I had. The so the producers they brought out food for the commentators, and this was like maybe in the fifth or sixth inning or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> and like I thought they were just gonna you know eat during break and stuff. These guys, I mean, one guy literally heading the food, eating, talking with his mouth full and the camera pans on him and he goes he's literally chewing food live on tv during a baseball broadcast cameras on him and he goes someone talk someone talk I, you have to watch you have to it, it's got to be online somebody had had to have clipped it because it, i know i wasn't just the only one who was like what the dude goes someone talk <laughs> wait, wait, what? It was the most not unprofessional thing in the world. You can hear the disturbing ass noises of them chewing and sucking their fingers as they talked. Oh, the chills I got down my spine. It was like, what's that weird creepy shit that people like sometimes? Um, like when they like those subtle noise, uh, AS ASMR? It was like that shit. It was so, it was like, it was so egregious. That I sort of respected it. I sort of respected the shit out of it. Because it was so... Whack. So odd. Other than that, it, it was a good... It was a good broadcast. <laughs> it was pretty good. The, um... The 11.30 start time was odd. Something with the George Washington Bridge. Imagine watching that from the West Coast. You have to get up at, what, 8.30? Jesus. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was on social media and, like, if, if you don't know, if you're still unsure if uh, Jose Trevino and Matt Carpenter like the Yankees and like being here, follow them on Instagram and you'll find out in a second. Great follows. You could just tell they love the city. Excuse me. Um, Miguel Andujar requested a trade after um, Saturday night's win. 
I I mean, how could you not understand where he's coming from? Like, I understand it's a numbers game. But, I mean, if you're Miguel Andujar, and, you know, to get this out there, he wasn't raking. He wasn't on fire. He was doing okay. He looked fine. Decent. But that's all you need to look like as a 27-year-old former top prospect who had a very good rookie season when the guys who are taking your job essentially are batting, you know, around the Mendoza, give or take. Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks are on this roster. Miguel Andujar, rookie of the year not too long ago, is not. So in his shoes, yeah, I'm going to be pissed. Gallo's making $10 million. He's a free agent coming up. At some point, if this continues, I know he hit a home run today. When do you bite the bullet and go, all right, we might just need to DFA him? Aaron Hicks, I don't see anybody wanting to trade for him. At what point, if this continues, do you go, okay, we need to DFA him? Like, at some point, you can't continue to trot those two clowns, those two black holes, those two toxins out there in this lineup. I'd rather have a pitcher bat 10 times out of 10. Two pitchers in their spots. Then watch Aaron Nick. So if I'm Miguel Andujar, yeah, hell yeah, I request a trade. I don't know if they're going to get much for him if they do end up trading him. If they move him, maybe it could hopefully be for some you know, for a necessity, like a middle relief pitcher. A decent reliever. Maybe you could strike lightning in a bottle with, like you did with Clay Holmes. But that happened Saturday night, and I totally, totally 100% understood. Because he gets sent down as soon as Stanton comes back. And he's angry about it. What else did I see on social media? The Rays lost $35 million due to wokeness. DeSantis wins again. And uh, they tried to push that pride shit onto their players. And a few of them refused to. As they, they have every right to. I'm not against that. I'm just against the idea of pushing it for, for, for profit. Like fucking every corporation does now. In every league. Alright, let's talk Yankees. Um, great series. Six wins in a row. Dude, the stadium has been nuts lately. I mean, it's June. These are Angels games. Tigers games. It is hot out. It's loud. It's packed. It's insane. And you gotta love it. So, let's talk Yanks when we get back from break. Stay with us. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at Rob. J. Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is R.J. Carbone. Instagram, at Rob J. Carbone.
Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Let's talk some Yankees. Let's get into it. All right, so game one of this... Hold on one sec. Turn the TV off. All right. Game one of this series against the Detroit Tigers, who are pretty bad. Um, yeah, like I said, the Yankees won. Uh, and I was watching, you know, I saw a lot of this game. I missed a lot of this game. I was listening to the broadcast, like I said, at work. But I got home, watched the last four innings or so. The Yankees won 13-0. It was Garrett Cole versus uh, this rookie prospect, uh, who we'll get to in just a second, Elvin Rodriguez. Um, They do have another era. That's the one from Boston, but he's currently hurt. This is Elvin Rodriguez. Um, Friday night, the Yankees won 13-0. Bottom of the third, they started up. Trevino and Judge go deep. Right past the porch, uh, Judge goes for number 20 on the year at the time. 2 nothing Yankees after 3. Bottom of the 4th, Trevino triples. Um, and if you saw the play, that's why the Detroit Tigers are where they are. Hicks singles, and it's 5 nothing. Bottom of the 5th, Rizzo and Carpenter both homer. DJ slaps an RBI base hit. It's 12 nothing Yankees by then. Eighth inning, Judge tacks on, ripping a single off a position player to make it 13-0. Yanks end up scoring 13 runs on 15 hits, 8 extra base hits, 5 walks they drew, 7 strikeouts, 2 two double plays grounded into, 5 for 7 with runners in scoring position, and 4 men left on base. This was just an absolute amazing onslaught of offense all around, and much needed. You know, it's so nice to see this lineup score runs um, off of a whole bunch of hits, right? They actually hit the ball well. Um, I mean, it's, you know, the Yankees are a team who slog a lot, walk a lot, but they, 15 hits is no joke. I did really feel bad uh, because they did it all, the majority of those runs, were off a rookie pitcher. I mean, Apple TV, the broadcast team, was even saying, they came out, they came right out and said, this guy belongs in double-A, not triple-A. He's a double-A pitcher. And I don't know what the hell A.J. Hinch, his problem is, but he left the kid out there to dry. Four and a third innings, 11 hits, and 10 runs. How you leave a rookie pitcher out there to surrender 10 runs is beyond me. But, I mean, like, you're thinking at one point, there's going to be some point that comes up during maybe the sixth or the seventh run where Hinch will be like, okay, he doesn't have it. Let me save face here for the kid. No, he leaves him out there to dry, giving up a 10 spot. I don't think I've ever seen a stat line that bad. Even some of Tanaka's ballooned, you know, clunkers may not have been that bad. And Tanaka had some bad outings when he was off. But um, also the Tigers' defense was pretty pretty brutal all series. I mean, the Trevino triple should not have been a triple if you saw it. Castro in center field misread the shit out of that. Um, I mean, they're letting balls bounce off their gloves. They're crashing up against the wall. Balls falling out of their gloves. They're forgetting how many outs there are. Uh, the right fielder did. <laughs> and there were just a few other terrible plays, too. My goodness. And Elvin Rodriguez, who was pitching, was actually tipping his pitches. And if you didn't see it yet, there's a there's a great breakdown of it. Um, what's his name? Did it, John Boy? He breaks the whole thing down. It's really good. It's 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 good stuff. You should definitely check it out. 
And basically in the video he was saying how uh, I think Donaldson was the one who caught it from first base leading leading off first base and like not long after, you know, Carpenter bunted to beat the shift, but they think he bunted to get Rodriguez into the set position coming out of the stretch. Um because he does it for the second out of the inning and he he bunts with two outs now and you have light hitters like IKF and Trevino behind him. This is a guy Carpenter who has done nothing but hit home runs for each of his hits during this before this at bat. You know, and in the in the the breakdown you'll see Rodriguez. I think it was when he looks to third base from the set position, he's going fastball, and I think when he looks to home plate, he was going off speed or something. Check out the video; it's great. But he was tipping his pitches clearly. Um, it was great to see DJ Lemayu come, you know, pick up two more hits. He picked up two hits, a walk, and uh, some more RBIs as well. Aaron Judge with four hits in this game. Just what do you, what do you, what else is there to say? Continuing to just be Aaron Judge and have a tremendous season. We'll get to him. Anthony Rizzo led the way with three RBIs. Um, Matt Carpenter, as I said, two more hits for Carpenter. The home run, the bunt single to beat the shift. And you know, man, I, I was I was doing some thinking. Like, why did we just, for a while there at least, like we just stopped going after lefties? Right? You, you It's crazy. Like, every great Yankees team had lefties. And then for a stretch there, we just stopped going after many lefties. You see what lefties can do in this place. You don't even have to be a home run hitter. And you might find your way to 15 plus home runs which Carpenter very well could right he's Carpenter's like he's old and he was never like he's not a guy who's gonna mash 40 a year but like he's got potential to actually reach the 15 homer mark even though he just got here because his swing is literally tailor-made for this ballpark so you have him, you've got Rizzo. I mean, there's they're both of their swings are just tailor-made for Yankee Stadium. But it's just funny. You know, it, it's really funny. You, you just, you figured it, it, it took long enough to get these lefties in here. And we just, like, we're just picking guys out of a hat now. And they're coming in and they're freaking producing. That's what's so great about this Yankees team. They're picking guys, and Cashman's good at that, right? He did it with Voigt. He did it with Urshela. He's doing it with Holmes. And now we're doing it with Trevino, right? Sure. Picked him up last minute, literally last minute. He becomes one of the best hitting catchers so far in baseball. Matt Carpenter, from the couch, nearing 40 years old. Sure, I'll come in and hit bombs for you. I mean, we're just picking guys out of nowhere, and they're coming in and producing. That's how you know it's, it, it might be one of those seasons. Um, Donaldson returns in the first game. He draws a couple of walks. Miggy picks up a hit. Well, yeah, we already got to that whole thing. Did we? Yeah. IKF smacked two doubles in the first game. Trevino homers, triples, walks, three RBIs. Like I said, just just come on. The catching has been great, but the hitting man, wow. Especially with today's catchers hitting as, as low as they do, as light as they are hitters. This is a guy who's now batting over 280, and he's got an OPS over 800. 
Jose Trevino. Um, he was literally picked up April 2nd, I think. The season started on the 7th. Supposed to be this framing guy. Decent defense. Maybe, you know, get the lower end of a 60-40 platoon. Well, that's changed. He's now earned the starting role. He's getting the 60%. And Higgy's now just become the, the you know, other two days a week. So, <laughs> I can't say enough about Jose Trevino. Uh, Aaron Hicks had one hit in this game. Uh, of course, the, the one of the few hits he gets all season with runners in scoring position comes in the game where they're tipping pitches. The Tigers were tipping their pitches. <laughs> Gallo, though, Jesus Christ. I mean, he gets clowned on that at-bat with the bases loaded. Just throw it above the belt. That is all. And they did that. Um, Cole goes seven innings. Two hits, no runs, no walks, nine strikeouts, no home runs, 102 pitches, and the win. He is now 5-1 with a 2.78 ERA. He was working quick, pounding the zone with the fastball. He didn't mess around and, you know, nibble, nibble, nibble like he did last time versus Detroit, which was one of his early starts of the season. But he was pounding the zone, and he started racking up the strikeouts as the game went along. You know, hit a quick first inning quick 12 pitch first inning for a change because he usually takes a bit to get going at least this season um and he had he was doing so well cruising through the entire game with a perfect game up until the top of the seventh inning um as soon as i walk in the door coming home from work walk in the door and i'm watching it on my phone walking in the door boom gives up the hit of course um base hit past to just past a diving dj lemayu at second base up the middle, though. <clears throat> um, but he keeps his composure and ends up going seven strong. And he was just dominant. And then in the eighth inning and the ninth inning, we had our guy, uh, Manny Banuelos. Two innings pitched, one hit, no runs, a strikeout. It was so nice to see him out there, man. You know, obviously, this is a kid, uh, part of the Killer Bees with Batances, and uh, who was Andrew Brackman, right? Back in 2011, he was one of their top prospects. Never got to play for the Yankees. Was in and out of the league for years. Um, but he makes his Yankees debut 11 years later at the age of 31. And it's two shutout innings. So good for him. Hopefully he can become a consistent part of the bullpen. We will see. Uh, but yeah, the Yankees took the first game of this set. 13 zip. Um, nothing but good things to say. Let's talk about the second game when we get back from break. Stay with us. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor. 
and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcast. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. All right, folks. Now, if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review, if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. All right, welcome back to the show. You are listening to episode 377 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Game two of this series, the Yankees won 3-0. This was on Saturday night, or Saturday afternoon, rather. Luis Severino going up against the rookie, Brisky. Bottom of the first. Bottom of the first. Leadoff hitter, Aaron Judge, um, going oppo for home run number 21 on the season. One nothing Yankees. Bottom of the six, they score again when Rizzo smacks a solo shot, making it two nothing. Um, bottom of the eighth, Josh Donaldson picks up one of two sack flies in the series, makes it three nothing. Offense was okay, um, not really. They were pretty bad, but pitching, by the way, and it's it's Luis. Luis Severino, who once again gets the featured starting pitcher spot of the series because Luis Severino, seven innings pitched, no earned runs, 10 strikeouts, a walk, one hit, which was one single that we'll, we'll call it a single, and 92 pitches thrown. He had the damn no-hitter going himself. <laughs> I mean, he did. Um, but as you see on the screen, if you're watching the podcast, he is now pitched into the seventh inning. For three consecutive starts now. I mean if it wasn't for the poor scoring. On the base hit. That bounced off of IKF's glove. Who knows. What would have happened right. Because it was earlier in the game. It wasn't like he was pitching seven no hit innings. And then it happened. But still. I, it was an amazing performance. I mean just watch the play again. They ruled it a single. But damn. I mean it was Miguel Cabrera. So I guess he gets that. Um, but he, he looks so good, man. I, I'm just so happy with the way Severino looks this season. He is exceeding my expectations I have for him. His slider, oh my gosh, it, it was filthy in this game. The command he has on that pitch is great. Struck out the side in the sixth inning, just on pure filth. Um, got a ton of swing and misses all afternoon. He just looks like a complete pitcher now. You know how we always talk about how Aaron Judge has matured as a hitter since he first came into the league. Severino has matured as a pitcher. This season, you're seeing that next step. It used to just be fastball slider, right? Fastball slider. That was his one, uh, his his two-pitch combo. And then we rarely saw the changeup. Now, he's fastball changeup slider cutter. He's fastball changeup slider cutter in that order. He's throwing fastballs, and his first, his, his go-to breaking pitch, off-speed pitch, is the changeup. 
And it's filthy. All those pitches are filthy. He's going to the cutter the least. The cutter is still something that he worked in this year, right? It's a Matt Blake thing. He likes going to the lower left-hand corner of the plate with the cutter. Dotting the fastball at 97+. Plus. But the changeup's got confidence. It's a pitch he never threw in the past. Now he's throwing it as his go-to off-speed. The slider is still a very good pitch. It's just so nice to see Luis Severino in this form. He's in vintage Luis Severino form. Remember the way he looked in the first half of, gee, was it 2017 or 2018 before the injury that led to everything else where he was pitching to a sub two on his way to an all-star game looking like he was going to win the Cy Young. He's looking like that pitcher right now. He looks unbelievable. The swagger is back. We talk about that way too much on the show, but it's it's something I really appreciate from him, that, that energy. And just to see him in, in top form again is awesome. Um, the only th- the concern, I, I don't know if it's a concern, but you, you wonder how many more seven-inning outings he has in him because you know the Yankees are going to try to be a little more conservative with him, being that he's just coming back back from a big injury and they're going to try to save some innings for the postseason but so far he's been on a roll and I have nothing but positive things to say about Severino hence why he gets another featured starting pitcher slot here on the show episode 377 Luis Severino is our featured starting pitcher unbelievable outing he was just dominant um let's see what else do we have here? Oh, yeah. After him, it was Michael King and Clay Holmes who combined for two innings, no hits, no walks, no runs, two strikeouts. Clay Holmes is just absolutely ridiculous. 24 appearances without a run allowed now. Knock on wood. He looks like prime Zach Britton on steroids. Um, I, I mean... There's nothing else to say when you're that dominant and your ERA is, is you know, is as low as a speed limit in a school zone. It's unbelievable. It's like point thirty. That's unbelievable. Um, and it's like he's been so great. So great. But it's like we haven't talked about him enough. He just won the reliever of the month, so I guess that's the headlines. But, like, you know how Nestor has kind of taken away some shine from, like, Tyone, who's been unbelievable. I feel like Clay Holmes is kind of the guy who's under the radar of the bullpen, despite being the best pitcher out of the pen. But just, like, I want his name to be out there more. He's he's so awesome. Uh, offensively, like I said, only three runs on four hits. Three of them for extra bases. One sack fly, three walks, and nine strikeouts. Stanton returned in the middle game here uh, with a double and two strikeouts. DJ sat for some reason. Uh, Hicks picked up another hit. Judge and Rizzo stayed hot. Higashioka, for some reason, was was out there. Um, Gallo, three more strikeouts. uh, But the Yankees won the middle game of this set. Um... Yeah, it, it was a, it was a different game than the first. You score ten less runs, but you shut the Tigers out for a second consecutive game. And um, I mean, there's only positive to think positive things to say when you do that. Uh, the, the the Anthony Rizzo home run was crushed. 
or at least it felt like it was in the upper deck and every time he hits one he pulls the living shit out of it and i just hope that he can get hot soon enough but um good first game of the set as you can see on the screen if you're watching the podcast on youtube or spotify the highlights are playing right there um, the Yankees won 3-0. Guys, you're listening to episode 377 of BD4. If you have not yet subscribed to the show, be sure to do that right now. And you can also follow me on Facebook, r.j.carbone, and on Instagram, at robjcarbone. I'm very active on both of those sites. Let's get to the third game of the set, shall we? The Yankees, this afternoon, or should I say this morning, took a 5-4 victory in 10 innings. Uh, It was Jordan Montgomery versus Garcia. Top of the fourth, Javi Baez doubles. Daz Cameron singles. It's 2-0 Detroit. Bottom of the fifth, Joey Gallo with, of course, the the game-tying home run to make it 2-2. Bottom of the seventh, it's DJ LeMahieu with a bases-loaded walk to drive in the third run, 3-2. Yankees took back the lead. Miggy and Baez in the top of the eighth. Back-to-back base hits to make it 4-3 Detroit, though. But, as the Yankees have done all year, they answer back right away. Bottom of the eighth, Glaber Torres, fielder's choice, scores Rizzo. Glaber goes to second. It's tied at four. Bottom of the tenth, you got the, uh, the Manfred rule. Judge eventually pushed to third base. Donaldson gets the sack fly to left field. Just misses a home run, doesn't matter. And the Yankees win 5-4. Five runs on seven hits, two extra base hits, four walks, nine strikeouts, a sack fly, two for ten in scoring position, and eight men left on base. Yeah, the lineup was quiet again, but again, even on their down night, or even on a down outing for the for the lineup, they find a way to score five runs, right? And you see this often when they struggle to hit, when they struggle to score, they'll find a way to, to go for five plus, you know, and every day, every day, it seems more and more like this is one of those Yankees teams who find ways to beat you in many different areas. They can beat you in so many other ways, you know, and, and that was, that was kind of their goal. This offseason, right? That was sort of their goal to get more athletic, to become better defensively, to you know run the bases a lot better, to add some more contact, some lefties in there. And of course, they're pitching, which they didn't even address. And we all thought that should have been addressed, has carried them. But, you know, the intangibles like that is why this Yankees team has been so good, right? They're top 10 in stolen bases this season. At least last I checked a couple days ago, and they had a few more. It's like, that was never a thought. We're getting thrown out being aggressive on the bases this year, which I kind of like because we were never like that. We were way too conservative. Now we're taking those risks. We're doing everything we can to win. We're making comebacks. I mean, but we talk about base running. How about Rizzo? How about Rizzo today? Rizzo was one for four. The stats weren't great, but he's one of those players you can't always look at the stats at because his footprints were all over this win. Just being that savvy veteran with such a high Q, IQ, with such a high IQ helps tremendously. And uh, let me get to Rizzo here, who is one of our featured players of the series. Now, again, the stats don't stand out. 
he was only three for 13. A single, two homers, four RBIs, two strikeouts, no walks, nine total bases. Okay, whatever, right? Um, and then the stat here on the screen coming up, he has seven RBIs in his last six games and 10 in his last 10 games. But the thing with Rizzo right now is just, if you watch today's game, that was huge. That was huge, man. Being able to, so it was the bottom of the ninth, right? The bottom of the ninth, the Yankees are down four to three. Rizzo's at the plate and he gets hit by pitch again. Um, takes one to the team for the team. He takes first base. Donaldson takes the plate. Doran the Donaldson at bat. Rizzo steals second base. Jonathan Scope makes a throwing error. Rizzo sees that ball go past the second baseman. He advances to third and just makes it. Then, after Donaldson strikes out, it's Glaber Torres at the plate. Glaber hits a ground ball dribbler to the third base side. Rizzo makes a quick read and he darts home. Slides in. Just makes it. Ties the game. He went from first base to home plate on like a three-minute timetable. Just being smart, being a good base runner. And he's the definition of, this This is a big white dude. He's not fast, but he's smart. He picks his spots. He's a savvy vet, and he knows how to play baseball. He's a baseball player. He's not one-dimensional like this Yankees team had been for so many years in the past. That's a big difference. That is dynamic, and that's why the Yankees won this game. His base running alone helped them win this game. That does not happen last season. It happens now, and it changed the momentum drastically. It was awesome, and it was in that moment I told myself, this is going to be the Yankees' win. They're going to win this game because of that alone. So I know his stats haven't been standing out, okay? He's had a miserable May, or he had a miserable May, but it feels like in June he's starting to hit the ball a little more. Um... And a lot of his outs are because of the stupid shift, right? Which is why I'm not against bringing him back next year, even if he opts out, try to bring him back. Um, because it's not like with Gallo, where Gallo hits into the shift, yes, but he also strikes out in 40% of his plate appearances. Rizzo's a contact guy, and most of his outs are hard contact outs into the shift. But it seems like lately he's starting to find it. Hopefully, right, he can, he can start hitting the ball better again. But he's a guy, man, just shit like that is why you got to love Anthony Rizzo. So, I just wanted to get that out there. DJ LeMayu today went 0 for 3. Uh, two walks in there, though, in RBI. Um, since returning from the wrist injury, seven games, he's batting 269, 387 OBP, five walks, six RBIs. Um, better. He looks better, you know, and, and quite a few of the outs he's hit into have been like hard hit line outs too hopefully man you know hopefully he can like i feel like i'm grasping at straws here at this point i'm picking and trying to find things to stay optimistic about with him because i really want him to start looking like a legitimate leadoff hitter again right every time i look up though the numbers don't change he's bat 250 his ops is barely over 700 like i don't know i don't know what has to happen but he's just not the same and again, I'll say it again for you. He doesn't need to be the guy he was in 2019, 2020. But he can still be a guy that bats you 300. I'll take it. But he's not. He's just He's just very average at the plate. Very mediocre right now. And I don't know what it is. He's, he's just, maybe he's just not that good. I don't, I don't know. But he's kind of a big piece to me. I really need him to get going. Because I feel like in the playoffs, they're going to need him. Um, but, but, you know, he's he's... I wouldn't be surprised that 
you know, if if he continues to struggle, I would not be surprised if he lost his leadoff spot. Um, the Yankees are over the past couple of years they flirted with the idea of Aaron Judge as a leadoff hitter. So if he's, I don't know, he did he did hit a home run in the middle game, um, but just keep an eye on that if Lemayu continues to you know be average at the plate. He, he's playing great defense. Uh, Gallo, the home run, he got the belt. You're kind of seeing that with the Yankees this year. They're giving the belt to guys who are struggling. It's like a team camaraderie thing. I have no issue with that legitimately. Um, Judge is our other feature player, feature position player of this series. He went six for 13, four singles, two home runs, three RBIs, two strikeouts, a walk, 12 total bases. And Aaron Judge now has, has just been so good where... He is currently ranked top eight in each of the Triple Crown categories. I really want him to get that. I, I don't think he's going to. Um, but, like, damn, is he having a year. He's batting 313 on the season. He's got 21 home runs, which is a pace for over 60 home runs to break Mantle and Maris. 42 RBIs. The OPS is over 1,000. I think it's 1.059 when I checked earlier. He's having like a like a 2007 A Rod type season, where he's just going berserk. He's going off the charts. He's insane right now. Like if you were to predict Aaron Judge's final numbers on the season, considering he continues to stay healthy, what does it look like? Like, like is it so good to where like he's gonna demand some stupid contract? Dare I say 400 mil? shit but he's having his best season yet it's not even a question like this is this is so far better than his 2017 season where this is better i don't know what else to say like there's now a legitimate conversation to have about who the best player in baseball is now like we're here in that conversation i'm not saying he isn't i'm not saying he is sorry i still think it's trout but having the conversation used to be a joke. It used to be Mike Trout and it wasn't even a, a question. Now you can at least bring it up in a conversation. Is it Judge? Is it Trout? I still think it's Trout. And I still think most fans around the league, if you ask them, would say Trout. But you can at least have the conversation without getting laughed at like you're doing stand-up. I think. Um, I mean, right now, like I said, Mike Trout just forgot how to hit. So... <laughs> And also, Judge, it's not just the hitting, right? He is doing a hell of a job in center field this season. So well to where he's become their starting center fielder over their starting center fielder, Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks has now become a left fielder. Joey Gallo has now become a right fielder. Judge is in center. That's become the new alignment. That's the new Yankee outfield alignment is Hicks, Judge, Gallo, left to right in that order. And I have no problem with it now. But eventually, again, you're going to have to find another outfielder so Judge can get back to his natural position in right field, better for his health, and better for this lineup to have one of Gallo or Hicks out the fuck of here. <laughs> so, nothing but positive about Judge. IKF, he had a good series, man. IKF, Isaiah Connor Falefa was 2 for 3 in the final game. He stays hot. I know he's a very streaky hitter. He's shown that with us. He's had some good stretches. He's had some bad stretches at the plate. But I like him a lot. I do. Uh, you know, I, 
I say it all the time. Like I, I'm a fan of him. He's a solid bottom of the order bat. He plays an okay shortstop, um, and when he's hitting, he's hitting. He's now 11 for 31, 355 in his last 10 games. Um, three walks and three stolen bases in there. One of each of those today. Um, his average has jumped 19 points since the beginning of that 10 game span. Um, listen, he's not a power guy. He's not a home run guy. Not an on base percentage walks OPS guy. He's going to get you a ton of singles, and that's the best he'll do offensively. But that's good when he's hot. He's keep. He's a guy who can keep the line moving. So for a light hitter, those numbers are not the worst in the world. For a bottom of the order hitter. Guy who you're not expecting much offense out of, he's been giving you a decent amount. And again, given that Glaber Torres was playing shortstop last year, IKF has been a solid upgrade. He still has some moments out there, but he's been better than than the nightmare that was 2020-2021 Glaber Torres at short. I almost gave IKF the featured player spot, but one, you can't not give one of those spots to judge, and two... Rizzo hitting homers in back-to-back games, and then as big as he was on the bases today, I also couldn't not give it to him, despite the numbers not being great. Uh, Stanton sat today. He ended up pinch-hitting, uh, but he did not start. I mean, why? Like, dude, you just he just had 10 consecutive days of rest on the DL. There is a day off tomorrow. The least you could have done, the very least you could have done, was put him at DH. <laughs> but the Yankees... Boone, whoever, they love the double off day, doubling up when you can. I guess that's something that's never going to go away. Um, on the pitching side of things, we got a, a disgusting, pathetic um, six and a third, two runs outing from Montgomery, which if that's the worst we're going to get recently, I mean, shit. Six and a third innings, five hits, two runs, one walk, five strikeouts, no home runs, the no decision, of course, and the ERA is now 3.02. Yeah, he was great. Um, and I called it again, and it happened again. Uh, Boone did the usual. He, he lets Monty go back out for the seventh, gives him one batter, regardless of the outcome, regardless of his pitch count, and then pulls him. And he did just that. He gets the out. He's pulled with 90 pitches. The bottom of the order coming up didn't matter. <laughs> but you know, Boone wanted the, uh, the righty-righty matchup with Schmidt. So I guess I get it, but it's it's just odd that Monty is the one to get the leash all the time. Today was actually his season high, 90 pitches. So it's like you can't test the waters with him, but everybody else can. Um, I don't know. He pitched well. I mean, he only got in trouble one time, which was in the top of the fourth. The one out walk to Miggy. Then Baez goes down and, and you know reaches for the changeup, doubles off that to center field. Miggy goes from first to freaking home on the play, which was pretty humiliating. Um, then you had Daz Cameron get the RBI base hit off Torres' glove, which he should have gotten in front of. That was an error on his part. Um, he has a tendency of doing that from time to time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it didn't matter because the Yanks answered back right away. They had his back. You know, IKF steals, Gallo homers, and then Monty found it, kept going. The curveball was good as the game pr- uh, progressed. After him, it was Miguel Castro. And I said it. I'm not a fan of going to Castro in a tight game. And he goes to Castro in a tight game. And what happens? Everything you expect to happen when you go to Castro in a tight game. Uh, I could have told you that. I did tell you that. Um, I kind of wanted them to go to King there. 
and it was frustrating because they end up using King anyway, so it was like, oh, great, thanks. And they do that all the time, where they try to double up on rest with the reliever, but the game ends up being so close, and you end up having to be forced to use that guy you tried to rest anyway. King only threw seven pitches in a 1-2-3 yesterday. It's like, you don't put Castro into close games. Everybody knows this. <laughs> Especially with Miggy Cabrera coming up. And he gets the base hit off the sinker. But whatever. I mean, King came in later. Uh, got his second consecutive scoreless outing. I, I hope he's good now. You know, got, kind of got the bad out of his system. And now he's back to being who he was previous to that. ERA is back under three, which is good. In my opinion, three for a reliever is like the benchmark for elite level. Um, or maybe just very good relievers are usually under three. And he also got the win. You know, but I was a little nervous, man. I didn't like the Castro move. Didn't like how he went to Peralta right after that. Not going to lie. Uh, Peralta didn't make a great play to first today with that throw. But uh, he goes to King after Peralta. Uh, but um, whatever. Yeah, so shout out to the Yankees for continuing to just roll right now. Roll. Um, hold on one sec. Here we go. I have no complaints. <laughs> Holy Christ, that's all I have. I mean, the Yankees are, you know, they're pitching so well. They're, like, they're, they're trying out this new strategy, which I think is a pretty good idea. They're trying this new strategy where they're just not allowing hits. And it's worked to perfection. I'm totally on board with this idea. I, I think if they keep riding with this game plan of not allowing hits anymore that they have a good shot at success here in 2022. So uh, I would prefer them to continue not allowing other lineups to hit against them. I think it's a great strategy. Uh, Marcus Stroman agrees. <laughs> right, Stroman? If you didn't see that tweet, Jesus Christ, look it up. Um, I mean, it's like how many guys are now flirting with perfect games and no hitters? To where it's like you're thinking that it's gonna eventually come, right? I mean, you had Cole, Tyone, Nestor before all that, Severino, the one hitter. It's insane. By the way, that photo of Nestor Cortez and uh, some of the other Yankee starters in the bucket hats—amazing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, ten starts now where our guys have went six innings pitched or longer. Um, just horses. Goddamn horses. Literally every guy in this rotation has ace-like numbers. The graphic that I saw after yesterday's game, the middle game, holy lord. The highest ERA on the team is a 302 for Montgomery. Jesus Christ. That's an ace line. And hey, the pen. There was a stat today, um, and it went up after the win. The Yankees are now 31-0. 31-0. By the way, when leading after the seventh inning. So credit to the bullpen for remaining steady with without some top arms in there. Um, and of course, the, the so many clutch moments from this lineup. Like we said, they find ways to stay in a game and they find ways to come up big and win. Donaldson Howe has two walk-off wins with the Yankees. Glaber has like six million since he entered the league. 
Judge got his first walk-off home run this year. They've just been very clutch all season long. They have 15 comeback wins, which is first in baseball, and they also have six walk-off wins on the season, which is first in baseball. It's that no-quit attitude this year that has gotten them where they are. I'm not calling them special. I don't want I don't like to use that term special in June. But that that attitude, that persona is what makes certain teams special. I, I will say that. Um, speaking of special and everything, you know, if if you really want me to call them special, and if you really want me to buy in, um, I will let you know how I feel legitimately about this team by the end of the month. So stay tuned because this was really the last give me like the last gimme series outside of maybe the Cubs coming up. So you have three against the Twins in Minnesota. You got the Cubs for three games at home. Then you have the Tampa Bay Rays for three more games at home. You're going to Toronto for three games. You're going to excuse me, the Trop after that to play the Rays again for three games. And then you're wrapping up the tough stretch at the end of the month against the Astros at home for four games. Stretch ends there on the 26th of June. All that, let's see, that's three, four, that's what, 15, 20, 19, 19 games right there? Can you do, man, it would be something. It would be something if they can figure out to win 14 of those 19 games. Go 14 and 5. That would be, that. if you want me to call them special, I think 14 and 5 would definitely get me calling this team special. Keep this keep this episode in your um in your saved folder whatever the fuck just keep it in mind because uh, I'm, I'm gonna you know write that down I will call them special if they find out if they find a way to win 14 of the 19 games on that stretch coming up <laughs> but the twins are next though the, the twins are next so we got to focus there uh, they are first in the American League Central uh, they were 32 and 24 when I checked this afternoon. Uh, but the Yankees, the Yankees are, are 39 and 15. They are still on pace for the best record ever. Um, they have a plus 102 run differential. Uh, they're 32 and nine since that seven and six start. Uh, six wins in a row right now. We are officially one third of the way through. So things are looking good. They're 7.5 up on Toronto. Again, that was before I checked. Um, that was earlier today. Eight up on Tampa, twelve and a half up on Boston, which is awesome. It's hilarious that they're still twelve and a half, twelve and a half up on Boston, because you know Boston has, you know, I guess started to win a little more lately, but they've literally made zero progress <laughs> because the Yankees just don't lose baseball games. Knock on wood. I mean, their worst stretch of the season was losing three in a row for the first time all year last week. That was like all hell broke loose. Outside that, they've been a wagon. They've been a fucking wagon. So let, let's head to break and we'll wrap it up when we get back. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. 
Using that, you'd get a discount, $7.99 a month, to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A2841ERJC. 6A2841ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomber Bocker blog. And there you have it. So we're going to wrap this episode up with our final two segments. First, we will begin with our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day for episode 377, which is, in February of 2004, the Yankees traded Alfonso Soriano and how many other players for Alex Rodriguez? In February of 2004, the Yankees traded Alfonso Soriano and how many other players for Alex Rodriguez? So let me know the answer wherever you can reach me on. Just DM me, comment, and let me know wherever you can find me. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. If you don't get it correct, but you at least attempt to guess the answer, I'll let you know what the answer is in the next episode. All right, so one last time, in February of 2004, the Yankees traded Alfonso Soriano and how many other players for Alex Rodriguez? All right. With that said, we're going to wrap up the show with our final segment, which is, if you're new here, this will be our third time doing this segment called Who Am I? 
If you're new, Who Am I is a segment we do where I'm going to list the career of a former Yankee. And what I mean by list of career is I'm going to read off the different teams he's played for in his career in chronological order. And you're going to have to guess who it is. All right. So once I read the different teams he's played for in chronological order, I'm going to give you one minute to guess which former Yankee that is. All right. And then I will let you know the answer right away after that one minute. So let's do this one. This one. I played for the Yankees from 2005 to 2009, the Braves in 2010, the Royals in 2011, the Giants in 2012, the Blue Jays from 2013 to 2014, the White Sox from 2015 to 2017, the Royals in 2017, the Indians in 2018, they were the Indians at the time. <laughs> and the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2019. Alright, I will read that to you one more time. So you can get it in your head. I played for the Yankees from 05 to 09. Braves, 2010. Royals, 2011. Giants, 2012. Blue Jays, 13 and 14. White Sox, 15 to 17. Royals, 17. Indians, 18. Pirates, 19. Who am I? We are starting the countdown right now. All right, your time is up. Our Who Am I? The answer to our Who Am I? segment. Played for the Yankees from 05 to 09. Braves in 2010. Royals in 11. Giants 12. Jays 13 to 14. White Sox 15 to 17. Royals 17. Indians 18. Pirates 19. Our answer to that, Who Am I? Melky Cabrera. Melky Cabrera. Yes. Started his career with the Yankees from 2005 to 2009. He was fun. He became dominant after he left the Yankees because he was taking the roids and he got busted mid-season in that run with the Giants. But he, he was fun. He was fun. Melky Cabrera. Yeah. All right, guys. That's it. That's all I got. Hope you guys enjoyed this show. Episode 377 of the podcast. I'm your host, 
RJ Carbone, and I'll see you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in. I always appreciate it. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.